And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Sorry, hitting the microphone. It's not like it's my second show today or anything. I should be practiced, but I'm not. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, we're going to cover Ukraine first. We're going to get into the Hillary stuff. I know that everybody is talking about it, but we have to. This is one of those things where it's obligatory. You have to cover it. But I want to talk about the Ukraine thing because I want to I want to address a couple of things that I've had with questions from all of you over the past couple of weeks and months. I'm going to rehash some of the stuff that I've told you before and some of the new stuff that has come out today because I think that everybody probably needs to calm down. Uh, I'm still not on board with the whole Russia is going to invade Ukraine thing. I think it's possible, but it's at this point in time, this appears to be a negotiating tactic and it's posturing. And I'll I'll give you the details. I'll tell you why it's happening because some people are missing some stuff. <clears throat> and I know that we love to hate Vladimir Putin in this country, and he gives us a lot of reasons to hate, but Vladimir Putin is not who a lot of people portray him to be. And so we will address some of that stuff here in, in just a little bit also. I do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Uh, a little bit later on today, my hometown of Las Vegas, a teacher took a video. Do you see this video of the uh, the kids getting told that they don't have to wear masks anymore? Crazy video. I'll play you the audio of it. This is my hometown of Las Vegas. And I'm going to compare and contrast Las Vegas with here. Because I wonder why they're not taking the masks off of our kids here. But they're doing it in Vegas. I wonder why that is. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Okay, <clears throat> so the latest details, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who do not know, if you're just getting in the car, and this is why if you turn on, uh, I don't know if CNN or MSNBC is doing but if you turn on Fox right now, it's wall-to-wall Ukraine coverage. And the reason for that is we've been telling you over the past several weeks, with the exception of the mayor of Kiev, the entire Ukrainian government has basically been saying, look, we don't think the Russians are going to invade Joe Biden's the one that's kind of making everybody paranoid. And his administration is kind of freaking everybody out. And he really needs to calm down. That's been the Ukrainian government's position for a long time now. Okay. Now, with the exception of the mayor of Kiev, he's, he's been saying, yes, there's a very real chance that this goes down and that there's an invasion and we need to be prepared for it. So today, the Ukrainian president says that he got information that Russia is going to invade on Wednesday. So, naturally, everybody runs with it. Uh, the Our embassy is now being relocated, which we already knew last week. We knew that they were going to relocate it. We know that Americans are told to get out, that American forces wouldn't be sent to evacuate Americans because, well, Joe Biden's the president. He doesn't evacuate Americans who get stuck behind enemy lines. It's just not what he does. He leaves them there to die. So this is not exactly un unusual or surprising or anything like that from last week. We know that we were moving our embassy around. Now, the president of Ukraine has not, and I was just listening to the tail end of Bongino's show, the president of Ukraine has not been out there telling everybody that, that Putin was going to invade. He's been one of those basically saying, Biden's the guy doing this. Everybody chill out. Stop listening to the old guy. And now that's not what he's saying. And it's that radical shift in what the president of Ukraine is saying from we don't think Russia is going to invade. This isn't a big deal. Biden is whipping everybody up into a frenzy for no reason. And everybody needs to calm down. It went from that to 
my intelligence tells me that we have two days left as a country. Okay. So it's that dramatic shift in tone from the president of Ukraine that is causing everybody to cover this the way that they're covering it right now. However, I still am not 100% convinced that this is what Russia wants. Vladimir Putin uh, doesn't like his political enemies. Vladimir Putin takes care of his political enemies. I think everybody knows that. Uh, but Vladimir Putin isn't an Adolf Hitler. He's not a Stalin. He's, he's not one of those types of tyrants, okay? He's not a good guy, and he rules with an iron fist, but he's like this weird hybrid free enterprise dude. And yes, he loves the oligarchy and all of that. I'm not trying to praise him here, but what people need to understand is that he's not an expansionist Mao or Stalin or Hitler. That's not who Vladimir Putin is. And some of the concerns that he has from a Russian perspective makes complete sense. I'm not saying that they're right. I'm not saying that we should really care. I'm just saying from a Russian perspective, the concerns that Russians have had about Ukraine joining NATO is valid. And I will explain a little bit more on that in just a couple of minutes. So one of the things that I have tried to get everybody to understand is we are in a bad position here because of two different things. One, we basically got two choices, right? Let's just say Russia does invade, okay? We got two choices. You either protect the Ukrainians and you're at war with Russia, or you don't, and Ukraine is on their own, and they probably won't win, okay? So, both of those things are bad for us. We obviously don't want a massive war, and any war with Russia runs the risk of getting out of hand very quickly. And while the Russians would probably be overwhelmed eventually, it's not going to be a typical low-intensity conflict that the United States has become accustomed to. Uh, Our population doesn't deal well with 1,000 people dying. How are they going to do with 10,000 people dying or 20,000 or 30,000? You know, we aren't used to that as a population anymore. So can Americans get their attitudes in check in order to actually fight a real modern-day conflict when they've been so used to these low-intensity conflicts? That becomes the question. So you don't want to put yourself in that position because you don't want to lose lives. You're you're probably a little war-weary, although when I when I talk to people who are, are in, they actually would prefer to fight a normal war as opposed to the low-intensity stuff. They want to know where the enemy is, do actual, you know, war stuff, and not have to worry about hiding in populations and that sort of thing. So... You could say that there's some war weariness. I'm not so sure that the military feels that. I think that's much more of a civilian thing. The other aspect is the money, the resources, um, the loss of life, everything that goes into that. And then all of the political fallout afterwards when, you know, the war is over. That becomes all things you never want to deal with. They're never fun. Nobody ever wants to deal with those things except for despots. So you want to avoid it for all of those reasons and more. But... If you just back off and you let Russia take Ukraine, you have effectively allowed Russia to take over as the dominant political force in the world. They are imposing their will. You don't really do much about it. They did it to one of your allies, and they did it to an ally that you had an agreement with to protect from the Russians, and the Russians just did it. Okay, And this is what brings me to my next point. There is an agreement 
between the Ukraine and the United States that we would protect them from Russia if they gave up their nuclear weapons. I want to address that a little bit more in just a couple of minutes, because what that's going to end up doing is that, once again, here's the United States not coming to the aid of an ally that we promised to come to the aid to. And I realize that there's dramatic problems with Ukraine, but they have made great strides over the past several decades. There's no doubt about that. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, we made an agreement. And if we don't stick to that agreement, what does that say about us? Our biggest foreign policy failure as a nation has been our unwillingness to keep our word. And that's something that has haunted us going back as far as I can remember. And the moment we, we normalize that behavior, even though we did it a long time ago, I get it. But at some point in time, you have to say, no, we gave our word. We're not going to break our word here. Nobody is ever going to trust us. And this is why Iraq became the problem that it became the second time around because we didn't keep our word about Iraq the first time and so on and so forth. Afghanistan was the same thing. They saw what we were doing in Iraq and they're like, well, you know, you left Iraq and why should we, why should we trust you? You're just going to leave one day and then the bad guys are still going to be here. And if I help you, they're going to kill me and my family. So I just might as well not help you. All of these, these examples of us breaking our word and getting people to do things on our behalf and then not fulfilling our obligations are one of the reasons why we have so many foreign policy issues today. Whereas if we had kept our word, done what we had said we were going to do, we probably would not have had a lot of the issues that we've had over the past 30 years or so, maybe even longer. But we can't go back and relive those things. So at some point in time, you have to tell yourself, okay, it's Ukraine. Do most Americans care about Ukraine? No. But we did give them our word. And in giving them our word, we convinced them to give up the one thing they had that would have kept the Russians at bay. So we would have disarmed them and set them up for invasion and then not back them up when we promised to back them up. What does that say about us as a nation? And what's that going to say for everybody else that we're in alliances with or that we have agreements with? Because truth is, outside of a couple of countries... The United States isn't going to keep their word to anybody. We're at a point now where we don't even know if we'll keep our word to Taiwan. There's some people who have speculated about South Korea, if we'd even keep our word with South Korea. I don't know. I suppose it depends on the administration. I could probably tell, we would probably keep our word with Britain, with Australia, with France, maybe Germany. I don't know anybody else that we would definitively keep our word for. I really don't. And that's something that has to be evaluated by the people who are looking at this scenario. But I'm not entirely convinced that Putin wants war here. I know that some people are, and, you know, I, they're missing some nuance here. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Oh, look, they brought Karl Rove on to talk about Ukraine and Russia, and Karl Rove doesn't know anything about Ukraine and Russia. So anyway, <clears throat> Vladimir Putin could invade Ukraine, but I don't think that's what he wants. A lot of people disagree with me on that, and that's fine. The Ukraine does not want, or I should say, Russia does not want Ukraine to join NATO. From Russia's perspective, they want some room between them and their 
political and military foe, NATO. They want buffer. So they want a bit of a no man's land, if you will, between them and us. And if Ukraine joins NATO, there is no buffer. And for the Russians, that is concerning. Okay. So from the Russian perspective, there is a very real national security interest in, in ensuring that NATO does not expand eastward towards Russian borders. I know that from our perspective, we want that to happen. But from the Russian perspective, they see it as an encroachment upon their sovereignty and the ability to defend themselves from, a, from an attack. So that's where they're coming from. Vladimir Putin's got 100,000 troops there. There's like, what, 35 or 40,000 of the militia or whatever that are in eastern Ukraine and Crimea <clears throat> that are not officially Russian troops. And, you know, the Ukrainian military is, is outmanned. This appears to be a show of force while Russia keeps asking for defense agreements. And even today, Vladimir Putin said the United States did offer some substantive compromises. So Vladimir Putin is not at all signaling that negotiations aren't going anywhere. We're done with this. We're just going to we're going to increase our security buffer ourselves. That is not happening. He is saying that we've offered some security concessions, that there has been some serious negotiation, and he appears to be much more in tune with the diplomatic aspect and the military aspect of it. Now, of course, all of this could be a ruse, but that's just what it seems to be, okay? And every single time that Russia has made these requests of the West, the West is completely disregarded and did whatever we wanted to do anyway. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, okay? I'm just, from their perspective, they decided to use a different tactic. And that tactic is, I'm going to put 100,000 troops on the border of Ukraine while I'm making my case about Ukraine, and we'll see if we can get the West to listen. And so far, the West has listened, and the West has given concessions, whereas they've never given those concessions before. So in Vladimir Putin's perspective, this whole thing is working. That doesn't mean that he's not prepared to attack if he needs to, okay? So this is really interesting stuff, and I know that it's complicated, and a lot of people are looking at it, but I keep getting questions about it. So I want everybody to understand something. Uh, there was a couple of, agree of agreements. This goes back to the 1990s after the collapse of the Soviet Union. There's the trilateral statement. So the Misandra Accord set the stage for the ultimately successful trilateral talks. Okay, The United States mediated talks between Russia and the Ukraine. Ukraine, a former vassal of the Soviet Union. Uh, the three countries signed the trilateral statement on January 14th of 1994. So here's what the agreement was. The Ukraine committed to full disarmament, including strategic weapons in exchange for economic support, which we have given, and security assurances from both the U.S. and Russia. Russia promised not to invade. The U.S. promised to protect from invasion. Okay? All they had to do was give up these various weapon systems, including nuclear weapons. Ukraine had like 10 thermonuclear warheads. They also had some smaller, like, battlefield strategic warheads. Ukraine agreed to transfer its nuclear warheads to Russia and accepted U.S. assistance in dismantling missiles, bombers, and nuclear infrastructure. Ukraine's warheads would be dismantled in Russia, and Ukraine would receive compensation for the commercial value of the highly enriched uranium. Ukraine satisfied START, S-T-A-R-T, that is the program, on February 3, 1994, repealing its earlier preconditions 
but it would not accede to the MPT without further security assurances, okay? So then, also in 1994, you had the Budapest Memorandum on Security Assurances to solidify security commitments to Ukraine, the United States, Russia, and the United Kingdom signed the Budapest Memori uh, Memorandum on Security Assurances on December 5th of 1994. Now, this is an agreement, and this is basically in accordance with Hel the Helsinki Accords, okay? But uh, the, the memorandum included security assurances against the threat or use of force against Ukraine's territory or political independence. The country's promise to respect the sovereignty and existing borders of Ukraine. Parallel memorandums were also signed for Belarus, Kazakhstan as well. So then Ukraine officially accepted full disarmament based on this. Now, this wasn't an agreement that went through the United States Senate as a formal ratified treaty, but the Ukrainians were promised it was basically the same thing. This is where I get concerned if we don't help Ukraine, should war break out, the only reason they're in this position is because we asked them to be. I mean, not us alone, but the West in general. That's the real issue here, is what ends up happening. Uh, but it does appear that Russia is seriously looking at negotiations. Uh, it, it doesn't appear that war is imminent at all. I know that the, the Ukrainian president says they have intel that Russia will invade on Wednesday, and I suppose that is possible. It just kind of depends on how this goes down. And if Putin doesn't get what he wants, he can always pull the trigger. 100%, because we're probably not going to do anything. MNC News Time is 3.31. It's time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Just had an interesting conversation with Josh here in the studio. We didn't finish it, though. So we're going to finish it on the air because this interests me. Um, I was like, guess what I saw at Target the other day? And he goes, what? I said, a disc man. And he goes, what is a disc man? And so <laughs> I laughed. It's always, uh, you know, it's a CD player that used to carry with you. And he's like, oh, we just you used to call him what, Walkman? Yeah, yeah, Walkman. And and so Walkman are with the cassette tape, or maybe they don't even have a cassette tape. Yeah. Maybe it's just AM, FM. And so, true story, we saw the Discman. I looked at it, and I was laughing hysterically in the store, and I pointed to it. My wife was there. She goes, yeah, but do they have a Walkman? Right above it was a cassette tape Walkman. So it's back. It's there, man. It's back. It's there. So where are people getting cassettes from? I don't know. <laughs> I have no Apparently, like, the Memorex, like, the blank uh, cassette tape market is, like, really big. So there's a lot of people still yeah. using this technology, probably not for music, but for other purposes. Because uh, I know some people, like, like resell, like, new batches of yeah. Memorex cassette tapes. I don't even know if any other company makes them still. Oh, my God. Um, and it's big business for them. Like, they make a lot of money doing it. So it's... Pretty interesting that you see that. And it was funny because the time before we went there, my wife saw the vinyls and she's like, records? I'm like, well, yeah, records are real popular. I was surprised she didn't know that because records have been coming back for the past couple of years. Yeah. But a Walkman and a Discman right now? That, that surprises me. It's, yeah, shocking <laughs> because nobody wants to listen to anything on cassette tape. Which of those things start getting uh, stuck and all coagulated in the middle? And oh, I know. How to uncoag it. Y you know, like uh, those those videos and like, you know, <laughs> judge your age and it's, and it's like just somebody with a pencil <laughs> and winding the cassette tape. Nobody has any idea what they're doing. No. <laughs> and we were kind of talking about this. The reason that this all came up is I'm like, wow, this is how far it's gone. I'm watching TV and there is a special offer for a two CD set for Alan Jackson. 
And some of you are going, who's Alan Jackson? Alan Jackson was the biggest country star in the world at one point in time. Okay. Uh, Chattanooga. And yeah, who, who has lyrics that you can't say anymore. So, <laughs> but it's like, is it special two CD set for Alan Jackson? I'm like, what? I'm like, CDs. What's going on here? But this was also tied into what we were talking about when you walked into the studio today. I was playing The Rock from the, the Super Bowl. I didn't watch a single down of the Super Bowl. But The Rock came out and he was doing this thing. And Twitter is like roasting him because he was doing this whole like intro monologue deal. And, it was intimate. And people thought it was like a Bruce Buffer ripoff. And I'm like, no. That's literally what The Rock did in the WWE every night he came out in whatever city he was in. It was the exact same routine. And then it hit me because I'm like, why is everybody so upset? And it hit me. He hadn't done that in like 15 years. There's all these younger people have no idea what The Rock is doing. Until Casey told me, I literally until this had no moment clue. had no idea. And and the only thing that I could, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, if you're an NFL executive, how out of touch are you that you're trying to connect with the youth? So you you bring out The Rock, <laughs> right? And when he shows up once in a while in WWE and does like one special little thing, but it's like that was. I was explaining to Josh, sorry, I hit the microphone again. I was explaining to Josh, like, he did that every single city he was in. He would come out. He's like, finally, The Rock has come back to Austin. And so it was, he was just doing that. But it it was so long ago, nobody knows that he did it. Not I. So I there's like, no like 35, 40-year-old people and older who probably knew it. They got it. They're probably over it. They're like, okay, this is fun. We're 15. Um, and then everybody else is like, why is he impersonating Bruce Buffer? Half that stadium <laughs> like, had no idea. <laughs> So, oh man, it's just it's just one of those things. And I was watching these videos. This one's going to shake some of you to your core, okay? I was watching one of these videos, and it was music lovers who hear Tool for the first time. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about, Josh? Negative. You'd have no idea who Tool is. Who is Tool? Is it like Meatloaf? I don't know what to say. Sticks? No, and this is... What side of the aisle are we on? Okay. Um, metal. Metal, okay. But at one point in time, like, the biggest band in the world. What? For a long period of time. Okay. Like... You're going to play us some... We're, some we're talking, out. like, bigger than Metallica. Like, no. big. Yes. Big. Big. And so it's really strange I mean, you get it, like generational things, right? It happens. But I'm watching like these 20-somethings listen to Tool for the first time. And it's like, they've never heard it? Because Tool was always known for being very complex and being really, really good. And it was just weird watching these 20-somethings like, I've never heard of this band before. Who are they? Here's Josh. You know, he's almost 30 years old. Never heard of him. And the idea in my head, the idea of somebody not knowing who Tool was, considering who they were back then and the run that they had, is just mind-blowing. So it, that's if you ever wanted to feel old, I have now helped you. So congratulations. We're all, we're all going to turn to dust in very short order. All right. I wanted to just get little likeness, just you know, kind of reflect on, on some of the 
the nuances of life, if you will. And because there's a lot of heavy stuff today that we're we're going to be hitting. So I'm trying to pepper in some lightness to break it up just a little bit. Uh, in the four o'clock hour, we'll talk about Russia and not Russia, but Hillary and Russia. We'll talk about that uh, because that is obviously a huge story. I did my second show today. My first my first show for my second show was today. That's on Rumble.com slash Casey the host, and I did a lot of it on the the Hillary um, Russia collusion thing that broke over the weekend. You can go watch that, but I'll also cover it at four o'clock. We got more coming up. News Talk ninety five three Michigan's news channel. Now, speaking of the Super Bowl, I didn't watch any of it. <clears throat> I've heard horrible things about the commentary. I've heard terrible things about the refereeing. I've heard what are you, Josh is laughing. Um, I did see an article today with the uh, the Bengals players saying they're pretty upset by late penalties that were called on them and what have you. But a close game. Uh, I am. I am. Glad to see uh, what's his bucket actually get a uh, Super Bowl when he got out of Detroit. You know, it's I, I'm that's what I was kind of telling everybody when I picked the Rams. It's like you know he's got an opportunity here, and I think he's gonna he's gonna you know he's gonna take advantage of it. Not that he didn't get a lot of help from his defense apparently, but um, the bigger thing though, the social justice stuff and and all of that, which we kind of knew was coming, and I think Eminem took a knee something like that, and the NFL did say that they knew that he was going to do that, which we're not surprised about. But the thing that I found so interesting was the celebrities and the government officials who were there at the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. And all of these celebrities, of course, oh, man, they want you to wear a mask. Anybody who doesn't wear a mask is a piece of crap on Twitter. Here they are in a giant crowd of people not wearing masks. You realize that the governor of California was just caught. He was just caught at a playoff game not wearing a mask, and took flack for it and had to apologize for it. And here he is. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. They don't care. They do not care. You know, there is a theory about why you keep running into these hypocrites, the ones who tell you you have to mask up, your children have to mask up, but they don't. There is a theory, and it's a good theory. And the theory is you have to show that party membership meaning you're a part of their club, has its benefits. And part of those benefits is when you tell everybody else to wear a mask, you don't have to wear one. That's a part of the benefit. So even though you, as the individual, are looking at all of these celebrities and liberal politicians and what have you who are forcing this upon you and your kids, they don't do it. They, it's right here in our own state, too. How many public health officials in the state of Indiana have we caught not adhering to the mask rules, Right. How many public officials and, and public health officials in the state of Michigan, for those of you on the other side of the border, have we caught not adhering to the same rules that they have for all of you? And they flaunt it in your face. So you, you, you're you raging, you're angry, you go on your social media, you point out the hypocrisy, but at the end of the day, yeah, they're hypocritical, but that's a part of it. They need people to know that there are benefits to joining them. And part of those benefits are they get special privileges that you are not allowed to have. And some of those privileges are you get to have a pizza party with more than the allowed number of people if you're the governor of Michigan. You get to go to the, the state of Florida to go on vacation if you're a Democrat politician while telling everybody that the state of Florida is destroying lives and killing people because they won't mask. You get to do all of these things that the peasants that you 
oversee don't get to do. And that's how you recruit more people into the party. See more people come up and go, hey, I want to not have to wear a mask when I go out. Hey, all you got to do is give us some money and vote for us, and, and we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll let you not have to wear one too. It's one of the perks of being a member of the club. It's almost like being a member of like a private country club or something like that. If you want to go golfing, that's fine, but you got to be a paying member. You want to go to a, a party indoors with a bunch of people and not wear a mask and not have a vaccine passport? Got to be a member of the club. And then we'll let you in. Otherwise, you can just go ahead and triple mask your little kids, even if they can't breathe, and send them outside and run track. Or as we have seen several times, where you have public pools who require masking even while in the pool. Yeah. Party membership does have its rewards, doesn't it? We'll talk about Hillary Clinton and how the founding fathers would have executed her. Next. Now, the Pentagon is still trying to tell you that there might be war with uh, Russia on Wednesday. Not with us, just with Ukraine. So I already gave you my assessment of that earlier in the show. If you missed it, uh, make sure you go back and watch the live stream on rumble.com slash Casey, the host. You can watch the live stream now on Rumble or on theburningtruth.us. That's where most of you watch it these days, but I do appreciate all of the new folks hanging out on Rumble. I've had a lot of growth on Rumble here lately. Thank you for that. Really do appreciate it. All right, so Hillary Clinton. I know you all knew, we all knew, and and I've told you before, like this Durham thing, there's a, apparently more information in the Durham probe than we were privy to. I've been saying this for months. Every time that there is some kind of a leak that, hey, there's going to be more indictments coming down. And part of the reason that we were getting that, there's a lot of people who have clearance who know what Durham is investigating. And occasionally when they feel like the story is starting to go away, they come back and they remind everybody that the Durham probe is a criminal investigation, and there are actual targets here for prosecution, that it's not going to go nowhere, that there is an actual case here, which is why it is being conducted the way that it is being conducted. There's a reason that Barr gave Durham the authority to continue this investigation after the Trump administration was done, and that's what we're finding out. So what we know is that not only was the Russian probe completely Hillary Clinton's plot, not the probe, but the Russia collusion narrative, was Hillary Clinton's plot, which you all knew, okay? Hillary Clinton, again, refresher course, Hillary Clinton was getting hammered because the Ukrainian government was helping her against Donald Trump. And that story came out, people started to cover it, people were getting a little upset about that. For the record, nothing criminal was ever fully uncovered about that. So a foreign government is allowed to say, we have information on your political opponent. That is okay. There's no crime there. The real question was if there was a quid pro quo. And there's some allegations that there was through the Clinton Foundation, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. So let's just assume that Hillary Clinton was not doing quid pro quo, that the Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian government did not want Donald Trump in office and they wanted Hillary. So they said, we have some information about Donald Trump. Here you go. Free of charge. We're friends. That's not a crime. She could absolutely do that, but it doesn't look good. And Americans start looking at it and going, why is she getting help from a foreign country to prevent Donald Trump from winning? It doesn't look right. Okay. So next thing you know, they're spinning the story that the thing that she was doing with Ukraine was actually something that Trump was doing with Russia and that it was a crime. It wasn't. 
He wasn't doing it anyway. But even how they presented it wasn't a crime. Wouldn't have been a crime at all. But it never even happened. And we knew that that came from her. We've known that for some time now. What we didn't fully know was that she hired people to hack into his servers. And not just the servers at his home and his business and his campaign, but the servers for the White House transition team. Massive, massive crimes here. The lawyer involved in all of this who is being targeted in the Durham probe happens to be Obama's lawyer, who is also the lawyer for all of these other officials who are neck deep in this, uh, this you know, collusion gate nonsense. So this is the New York Post. I covered this a lot in my second show today. I'm not going to just rehash what everybody else has done. I'm going to try and give you some, some new angles on this with the basics inf- of the information. So this is the New York Post. Russiagate, the collective delusion that Donald Trump was secretly a Russian agent aided and abetted by the Kremlin, the topic of uncountable inches of Washington Post and New York Times copy, and the entire primetime lineup of MSNBC was a dirty trick by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Not just part of it, all of it. One of the most diabolical, successful, they say misinformation, I'm going to say disinformation campaigns ever concocted. We already knew that the Steele dossier was garbage. Christopher Steele was paid directly by the Clinton campaign to dig up dirt, which he did by turning to other Clinton operatives, laundering every outlandish rumor about Trump that he could find into an investigative document. He also did this by using Russian um, secret agents. So that always gets left out. He shopped it to the FBI, which could, couldn't verify his sources or any of his stories, but the agency dragged out investigation to cast maximum suspicion on the new president, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So anyway, now another piece of Russia, 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 a computer server operated by Trump's company was secretly communicating with a Russian firm claimed Slate magazine and endless Twitter threads of would-be tech experts. If you go back in time, you will see countless examples of headlines and cable news shows talking about, quote, back channels with Russia, that Trump had back channels that he would communicate with the Kremlin on. Okay? That was all a lie. We already knew that that was a lie because the guy who concocted that lie was charged in September of last year. But a special counsel, John Durham, outlines in his latest indictment that ju- that was just a story made up by tech executive Rodney Joff, who desperately wanted a job with the Clinton administration. He hacked into Trump's servers. He cherry-picked privileged internet data that he had access to and molded it to look like something nefarious. He was coached by lawyer Michael Sussman, who was being paid by the Clinton administration Although he lied about that to investigators, Sussman was then charged last year. He's maintained his innocence, but the evidence against him is overwhelming. Sussman goes to the FBI as a concerned citizen, not a Clinton stooge, to try to get them to bite. The ultimate goal, to be able to leak to the Times that Trump is under official investigation. Remember, everything involving Trump-Russia collusion was a made-up lie. Everything. Durham definitely showed that the Hillary Clinton campaign directly funded and ordered its lawyers at Perkins Coy, which is a massive law firm that helps Democrats, to orchestrate a criminal enterprise to fabricate a connection between Trump and Russia. Okay, that's Cash Patel. 
He's a former chief investigator to the White House uh, Intelligence Committee. Now, when you start going through these, these documents here, <clears throat> considering everything that Donna Brazil and others have said about Hillary Clinton during that time, that Hillary Clinton personally controlled every decision her campaign made. She personally controlled everything the DNC did. The idea that Hillary Clinton did not know about this and did not give this order is preposterous. We all know that she did. She gave the order for the email servers. She's the one that gave the order to hide her emails. She's the one that gave the order to destroy her emails rather than turn them over as required by law. She's the one that made all of those decisions. She then tried to blame it on her staff. Okay, One of those staff members was Jake Sullivan, who she said was responsible for the illegal email server she didn't know any better. She's just a poor, dumb little woman, right? That's essentially the case that she made. I, I don't know anything about technology, she said, okay? I don't even use a cell phone. She's got two or three of them. This is Hillary Clinton. This is who she is. You know, when I talk about certain people actually being bad people, and you only have a few names on that list in politics, her name's on that list for a reason. I know that some of you are delusional and you think that she would have been a good president and you like her just because she's a woman and everything else. But Hillary, allegedly, Hillary Clinton is a bad person. Harry Reid was a bad person. Okay. These are things that people need to come to terms with. There are people you disagree with and then there are bad people. She's bad. What she did would have gotten her executed if the founding fathers were the ones who had discovered it. There's no doubt about it. If you wanted to try and say, oh, they probably wouldn't have, it would have at least been life in prison, and she would not have been treated very well. So anyway, the Post article continues. Of course, Hillary didn't get what she wanted, the presidency, but her operatives didn't stop. Going on CNN to give very concerned interviews about a theory they knew was bull, all to undermine Trump's presidency. Now, remember, you have to understand something. It's, it, they didn't just go after you know his servers, but during the transition, after he had won the election, they hacked into the server. So you're, you're actively infiltrating the president-elect's communications and his network. That's what you're doing. This is all a crime. This is all illegal. And I know that everybody today and tomorrow and a few days after are going to keep telling you the same stuff over and over again. This is all a crime. But here's a couple of things that I, I want to know. Since they hacked in to his server, and since they made up this entire Russia collusion narrative, okay, it was all fabricated, it's all nonsense, there never was any evidence to support it, the FBI used fake media reports to trick the FISA court into getting wiretaps at CNN, uh, I should say, uh, to get warrants to tap in to him, surveil him, because it's not actually a wiretap, because they always like to dot their I's and cross their T's now on that. But if you're if they're going to go out there and they're going to do this sort of stuff, if they'll hack into the server to cherry-pick information to make it seem like Trump was using back channels to communicate with the Kremlin through AlphaBank, which is what the narrative was. It was all a lie. But if they would do that, would they also plant fake evidence and how much of the stuff over Trump's presidency 
that he had to deal with that wasn't true were stuff that Hillary Clinton's operation planted on him. Because she was a bitter, pathetic, sore loser. How much of it? That's a great question. This question was also asked by Pajamas Media. According to a motion filed Friday by special counsel John Durham, lawyers for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign paid a technology company to infiltrate servers that belonged to Trump Tower and later the Trump White House for the purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. Okay. Now, as they go through there, they start asking the questions. If the Clinton campaign hired a technology company to infiltrate servers that belong to Trump Tower, is it possible that the company also hacked Alpha Bank to make it look like they were communicating with Trump? Now, remember, the whole story was Trump was working with Alpha Bank. Alpha Bank has ties to the Kremlin in Russia. And that's how Trump was communicating secretly with the Kremlin through these back channels that don't exist and never did exist. Alpha Bank, the moment the story broke, Alpha Bank said they had never had any dealings like this at all and all of the allegations against them were fake. So, I assume, based on all the evidence that we have, that they're telling the truth. And if they're telling the truth, then that would mean in addition to everything else that Hillary Clinton funded, she also had her people manipulate data and falsify evidence against Alpha Bank, which is a separate crime in and of itself. Now, this leads to some other questions that we have to ask, and we'll do that coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, what did she just say? What did Brooklyn just say? There are election issues in Michigan that need to be worked out before the midterm? She's been listening to my show. It's about time. Thank you, Brooklyn. All right. <laughs> just kidding. Michiana's Morning News will have that story tomorrow. And she's right. There are some issues, some big ones. All right, we'll get into that here in a little bit. So Hillary Clinton uh, would have been executed by the founding fathers. I don't think there's any doubt about that. In fact, Trump released a statement earlier today, and he said, in other times, she would have been killed. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but he's right. He's 100% right. She would have totally been killed for this. This is a coup. That's what this was. You had a political candidate use government entities which they knew they were being used to work against another political candidate to affect the outcome of an election. And then after they still lost that election, they then used all of these tools and illegal activity to try and remove Trump from the presidency all illegally. And the Democratic Party in Congress, particularly the House of Representatives, they all went along with it. There's no other way to describe it but an attempted coup. And you could certainly argue that the coup finally succeeded with this last election, with a rigged election, which Brooklyn will be talking about problems in the Michigan election tomorrow. So, do you think the media would cover this? I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm being facetious. You know, I do want to check something because I checked earlier today. 
But let's just go to CNN.com, shall we? I just want to go there. I just want to see if they're talking about this. They weren't earlier. They were not. Nope, nope, nope. Here's here's what they're running with. Are you ready for this? You know what they're running with? It's not, it's not news at CNN. They're not running with Hillary Clinton. They're running with Trump lawyer withholds 11,000 emails from January 6th committee. Oh, that's what you're running with, huh? Huh, CNN? You're, you're not going to run with, we lied to you for over five years as a network and we are ashamed? You're not going to run with Hillary Clinton deceived all of us? And we're sorry that we misled you. We didn't We didn't know that this was happening. Not going to run with any of that, huh? Gosh, is Hillary even mentioned? Hillary is not even mentioned on CNN's homepage right now. Not at all. What about Durham? Is Durham on here? Let's, maybe they're hiding her. Durham is not mentioned on CNN's homepage right now at all. Right this second. They are burying this story so you don't see it. And it is... Probably the greatest political scandal in the history of this nation. Now, somebody asked on the live stream, does it matter if she doesn't go to jail? Yes, it does. And here's why. Everybody lied about him. And they used government bureaucracies and law enforcement to spy on a political candidate to affect the outcome of an election and then try to overturn the results of a duly elected president. And then they used those same resources to rig the election after that. Yeah, absolutely, it matters. The more you expose it, whether anybody goes to prison or not, the more you expose it, the more the people will see what actually has to be fixed. So, yes, I do believe it is worth it. MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. You know, you're in trouble. I'm going to move on from this, but you're in trouble if a poll shows the majority of Democrats want Hillary Clinton investigated for Russiagate. That's not good if you're Hillary. So a majority of Democrats, according to a new poll, want Hillary Clinton investigated for Russiagate. Can you cue my audio, please, Josh? So this is uh, my old hometown, Las Vegas. I don't know what school this is, though. And I am a little too lazy to look it up. So I'm just going to let you know. Just don't really want to look it up. But this is in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is a school of younglings. Okay? They're very young. They look like they might be eight, nine years old. Ah, seven, eight. I'll go seven, eight. This is this is how this went down. Starting tomorrow, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Jumping up and down, the cheering. By the way, there's a bunch of kids in the class not wearing them right now. Anyway, I don't know if they have an exemption or not. And, you know, when you look up, <clears throat> you look up the uh, the COVID numbers and everything else for for uh, Las Vegas, Clark County, and, and St. Joseph County, the numbers are very similar. So, of course, I'm, I'm left to wonder why is it that students here aren't allowed to take the masks off their face at some of these schools? I mean, considering masking doesn't work, never has worked, no data that shows it works. All of the data shows that it doesn't work. Some data suggests that it might actually make the problem worse. But there's no data. None whatsoever that supports masking kids in school. None. Not a single solitary speck of data exists to support that position. Not one. If there was, I would tell you about it. But it doesn't exist. 
So why is it with similar numbers that Las Vegas is going to let kids take the mask off, but St. Joseph County isn't? Go Seriously, go look at the COVID data. Go to Google.com, put in COVID dashboard, change the state, change the county, and look at the data. It is virtually identical, St. Joseph County and Clark County. Clark County's got a lot more people, but St. Joseph County and Clark County, the data is virtually identical. So why is it that they're taking their masks off of their kids and we're not? We're supposed to be the, the state that has people who actually care about children. We're supposed to be the state that has family values. We're supposed to be that state. And I can assure you, Clark County, Nevada is not that, not that place at all. That's one of the reasons that we left. We didn't want to raise children there. And yet, they're coming off as more compassionate. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But I can tell you that this reaction is very, very, very similar to the reaction of, um, you know, my daughter. When my daughter was unmasked uh, this year, she came home, and I asked her how her day was that day, and she said she had the best day. She finally got that stupid thing off of her face. And I told you before, she's a streamer, so she plays video games. She talks with her friends and stuff like that. And I've listened to them talk about this for two years now. And kids, the damage that is undeniable that has been done to them. Some kids, it's just been a minor inconvenience, but for hundreds of thousands, maybe even potentially millions of them, I don't know, the damage has been very, 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 very bad. And there is only public health officials and politicians and insane parents to blame for it. Nobody else. So let me give you an example of what we're dealing with here because I know that nobody really wants to give you this data, but I'm going to give it to you. This is all verifiable. It's on the CDC's website right now. I'll put it in the Daily Show prep if you want. Most of you know that that's how I do it. If you want all of my sources, you want to get any of, of the you know, the, the data that I've, I've shown, the articles that I've quoted, all of that stuff is in the daily show prep at the burningtruth.us at the end of the show every day, okay? So here's what the CDC's data says, just so we are crystal clear. The CDC says that for ages 17 and younger, 44% of them show evidence of antibodies from prior infection of COVID, okay? So nearly half of all children in the United States have had COVID. All right. The census data shows that 18 and younger make up about 22.3% of our population. Now, keep in mind, the CDC's data is for 17 and under. The census data is for 18 and under. All right. So there's a year difference there, which is a little important. So 18 and under make up about 22.3% of our population. A total of 940 children have died with COVID. Now, not all of them have died from COVID. Very few have died from COVID, but they died with COVID. And the ones who did die from COVID all had serious comorbidities. Not a single healthy child that has ever been presented has died of COVID. Okay? Just so we are crystal clear, based on the population data from the census and based on the infection data from the CDC, less than 
0.001% of children who got COVID died. 0.001. Now, that doesn't mean that their lives are not precious. It doesn't mean that it isn't a sad, horrible tragedy that it happened. 0.001. And you just had this Dr. Ding, call him Dingbat, went on MSNBC just the other day. And what did he do? He went out there and he talked about how Omicron was dangerous and deadly for children. And that it was more deadly than the Delta variant for children. No, it isn't. Now, this is a doctor, supposedly, who has a platform on MSNBC, who is going on MSNBC last week and saying Omicron was more deadly for children than previous variants of the virus. That is a lie. There is not a single speck of evidence at all that suggests that 100% of the data shows that Omicron is less deadly across the board. So how is it that Dr. Ding can go on MSNBC and just say all of this without there being any repercussions? You don't have any of his colleagues coming out and going, he's an idiot. That's not true. He doesn't have anybody at MSNBC saying, that's not true, doctor. Why are you telling us that? You're sitting here on our network giving us a bad name. We're always called fake news because of people like you. Why isn't anybody else pointing out that this guy is lying? And why is it that, surprisingly, local teachers at some schools here in Michigan have repeated that same exact claim? Makes you wonder where they're getting their information from. And why isn't social media? Why aren't they censoring any posts with Dr. Ding on it when he repeats this lie over and over and over again? Why aren't they doing that? You know why. You know the answer to that. And I know that we've covered that for two years now. And you're sick and tired of it. And I am too. I was just talking with somebody about this today. I don't want to be angry at superintendents. I don't want to be angry at principals. I don't want to be angry at teachers. I don't want to be angry at teachers' unions. I don't want to be angry at public health officials and local politicians over this. It is a ridiculous and silly waste of my energy. But they didn't give me a choice. Go back to the beginning of this pandemic. What did I do? All right. I understand why some of you are skeptical. I share your skepticism. They're asking for two weeks. We don't know anything about this thing. Let's give them two weeks. If they want to go beyond two weeks, let's raise a fuss. And a lot of you are critical of me for saying that. And you're right. But what did I want to do? I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt for two weeks and two weeks only. Then they wanted to extend it. I'm like, all right. I understand why you're all nervous. I get it. I don't like this either. Sure seems like they're going to go full court press on this. That's exactly what they did. The reason people are angry at you, for those of you who are listening, and since I know that many of you do, the reason that people are angry is because you intentionally lied to us to manipulate our behavior. And then, when the data was on our side, you continued to smear us as if we were the liars, as if we were the crazy people, when you knew that you were. 
That's why people are angry. That's why people call you names. That's why people yell at you when you go out in public. Because you're the bad guy. I'm not. You are. I didn't want to be in this position. You put me in this position when you became a tyrant. And you lied to everybody in our community. Intentionally so. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an accident. When some of the things were discovered that maybe you would have believed, the moment it was revealed that that was a manipulation, what did I do? Did I or did I not crack this microphone and say, if you guys were manipulated, this is your chance to apologize and say, they misled me. I'm sorry. You chose not to. You chose to double down your attacks. And now that everything is coming to an end, suddenly you want to make peace with everybody? Suddenly you want to be all friendly and get along? No. You made your bed. I didn't want to be this way. Nobody else wanted to be this way. You chose it for us. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Really good article in Issues and Insights today. It's time to ask, did any of the COVID mandates, closures, lockdowns do anything? The answer is no, not positive. They did negative things. They didn't do anything positive. And that is a, that is a great question. You know, and I did not watch the Super Bowl, but somebody said that Brandon gave an interview during the Super Bowl and said, we know that the shots work. Okay, let me ask you this, this question then. If the shots work like they proclaim them to, then why did more people get infected and more people die after the shots than before? And I know some of you are going to go, oh, variants. You know, Delta was, was worse, but Delta was less deadly than the original Alpha variants. True story. I know, I know, because more people die. People go, Casey, you're crazy. No, less people per infection died from Delta. This is not getting people to take a step back and look at something objectively without having a visceral reaction is one of my one of my sticking points when it comes to dealing with folks. It's it's just if you can't do that. If you have to automatically react in a visceral way because of your tribalism or your confirmation bias or what have you, I don't really have any use for you. It doesn't matter where that tends to lead. It's, you know, you can't look at this and automatically go, something's not right here. They keep telling us that masking will keep us from getting sick, yet more people keep getting sick than before we were masking. So what's going on? You can't get people with a cult mindset to ask that question because again they are members of a cult they just don't want to admit it as most members of a cult don't want to admit that they're a part of a cult got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel there was a double murder i got a text message from my wife yesterday in elkhart uh, right behind the uh, the King Euro over there. This is like right by my house. And so that's why she was a little concerned. She's like, there's two people who are found dead um, and it's right near our house. So we've obviously been watching the story. Uh, the update today is that they have a suspect in custody. Uh, Jose Benitez Tilly Jr. is 19 years old from Goshen. 
is in custody for the deaths of 22-year-old Haley Smith and 37-year-old Dustin Carr. The investigators are saying it was a targeted killing. There is no risk to the public that this was a, a personal, uh, personally driven, targeted issue. Um, we don't have further information beyond that, but a suspect is in custody. Unfortunately, we've got you know the loss of, of two lives here. The investigation found that Benitez Tilly Jr. had been inside the business as it was closing and killed the two victims. According to reports, investigators say that the killings were targeted to these specific victims and the public is not at risk. They were The bodies were found when another employee arrived for work on Sunday morning. So they had been there all night. Um, again, horrible situation. Um, you know, two young people. And you got a third that's, you know, snuffed their life out. We don't have any motivation here. You know, there's various theories and, and things like that. I know where I'm leaning. I just talked about it on the live stream, but uh, I'm not going to say it on the radio because I don't have any evidence uh, pointing in that direction. But the suspect has been arrested for the, the double homicide in Elkhart, and our, our hearts go out to the families of the victims. All right, what else do we have? Uh, somebody asked me a question on the live stream. It's a good question because I get this a lot about – this and not just this topic, but all sorts of topics. Casey, do you get any crap from your uh, your your work, your boss, your coworkers, the company, or whatever about some of the things that you say, particularly about like vaccines and masks and stuff like that? Um, I don't, and it's one of the reasons that you know I've been offered other jobs. I, I get this a lot too. Why are you still here? Well, there's various reasons. One, it's a good company to work for. Uh, two, uh, the other areas that I have been asked to move to haven't been great. Um, you know, they're not the right fit station-wise, or it's not a it's not a place that I would want to live, or the family doesn't want to live, or something of that nature. Sometimes the money isn't right. You know, various things are are why. Um, but also, I get left alone. I really do. And you know, occasionally when there's something that comes up and they see that it could broil over into something, they'll ask me to take it down or something like that. But it's very, very rare that that ever happens. Most of you know, I can be pretty provocative. I can walk that line pretty good and I don't tend to cross it. Um, I will say that I, I have at times tried to tweak some individuals in the company uh, who have had some issues with some of the things that I've said, but nothing major, nothing super personal. For the most part, I leave people alone. They leave me alone. I, you know, we're talking specifically about the vaccine. I don't care if you get the vaccine. I just want you to have the information so you can make the the best decision for you and not force it on anybody else. And when you try to force it on somebody else, I'm going to hit you with all of the data that would show you that your position on that is wrong. But if you as an individual feel like it would be safer for you to go get the vaccine, Okay, go get it. I, I sincerely hope that nothing happens to you. Uh, but it's not going to do for you what you're hoping it's going to do for you. And that's the reality. As long as you go in, as long as you go into it with your eyes wide open to that fact, I think you'll be okay. And I've given you this example before. When I worked for CBS Radio, we had a government-regulated monopoly energy company. It's called NV Energy, Okay. It is the only power company in Las Vegas. There is no competition. The government does not allow competition there. So the power company spends millions of dollars a year in advertising. 
why would any company who has no competition, guaranteed no competition from the government, why would they ever need to spend money to advertise? Anyone? Well, for when you have stories where they get caught inaccurately charging people for their power and running up people's meters and overcharging them on their power bill and not reading meters and just guessing what the power the power bill is supposed to be and cheating customers. And then when the the outlet starts covering that story, what they do is they pick up the phone and they call the company that they're doing advertising with and they say, you're going to kill this story. You're never going to talk about it again. And then Casey gets called, this happened, Casey gets called into the office and says, don't ever talk about NV Energy again. Why? It's a major story. We know it's a major story, but they spend a lot of money with us and we don't want that money to go away. So instead, we're just going to not tell anybody that the power company is cheating customers and stealing money. Because they give us a lot of money every year. And I have not had that happen here. So, it could be worse. Uh, the other thing is I would quit. And I think everybody here knows that. If they ever called me to the office and said, don't ever say a bad thing about Pfizer again, I would leave. And I think they all know that. So, you know, it's, I'm at a, I'm at a point, Josh could probably back me up on this. Um, I'm at a point where I just, I kind of walk around with like zero bleeps to give. I don't really care anymore. And take it or leave it either you like it or you don't like it i i don't really care i'm not bothered by it you know it's i let other people stay up at night thinking about me i don't stay up at night thinking about you so it's just kind of how it is um and i can back everything up that i say with actual data and facts because i don't ever present anything as factual without any actual facts my opinion is always presented as my opinion and the facts are always presented as the facts and then i back them up and i post them and i let you know about them. um yeah are there times that people question me about it in the hallway sure but I can always give them evidence, you know, and there's nothing wrong with somebody coming up to me and going, I heard you say this. Is that true? Or I don't agree with you on that because we've always had a polite disagreement. How many times, Josh, have I talked about the, uh, the woman in the sales pit, complete polar opposite of me politically. We get along famously. She's a wonderful woman. And we just don't talk about politics because she's on the exact opposite spectrum as I am. Um, but she understands that I'm not a racist. I understand that she's not a bigot. We, we understand that we don't hate each other. And that's how normal people interact. That's how normal people get along. The problem is, is that the media is trying to normalize this incendiary combativeness between people. And it's not what most people deal with. You know, every election, there's these two neighbors. I was just thinking about this yesterday. There's these two neighbors. There's two guys. Every year they make it in the news. Every, well, every election cycle, they make it in the news. One is a big Democrat, one's a big Republican, and they are best friends, and they always have their signs right there on the border of their property on, on how I'm a Democrat, he's a Republican, and we're still friends. Because, <laughs> again, that's just how most people are. Unfortunately, I think that there is an attempt to change that, and that's why we're seeing families abandon other relatives by not allowing them to visit because they're not vaccinated. And I've told you, I've already told you what I think you should do. Ultimately, it's your choice. But I think if you have family that wouldn't let you visit for the holidays because you weren't vaccinated, that's not your family anymore. I can't fathom, okay? I cannot fathom. I'm just trying to think of myself as a father. 
not wanting to see my children because they didn't get some vaccine. Because most parents would easily risk their safety to see their kids and grandkids. And to see as many people as I have seen over the past couple of years who will not allow their kids and their grandkids to come into their house because they are scared of getting sick. I don't connect with that because everybody that I know would sacrifice themselves for their kids and grandkids just to see them one last time. I don't, I don't understand this whole, I don't want to see my family, my children, my grandkids ever again, because I might get the sniffles. I don't understand that mentality. And the only way that I can process that is they don't actually love you. They are more important than you or, or their grandkids. So why bother giving them your time? I'm probably getting a little preachy around the office. I should probably dial back. I don't know. I'll let, I'll let the younger people in the office tell me that. For you younger folks out there, stop letting anybody waste your time. Just stop. I don't care who they are, okay? If they're your partner, like you're dating them or you're married to, if don't let them waste your time. Just don't. Your employer, don't let them waste your time. Sorry. Your employer will never do enough for you to make the time that you give them as valuable as it really is. Period. That will never happen. Doesn't mean they're not a good boss. Doesn't mean they aren't nice. Doesn't mean he's in a good company to work for. The bottom line is you're still just a commodity and you're disposable. To every company, for every employee, that is just how it is universally. Once you're clear about that, you can't be blindsided when it actually happens to you. You know, I have stories about me getting let go, and it was the weirdest, most sideways thing in the world. I'm sure that many of you out there in the audience have those stories as well. You know, when you're the, the top employee and you get fired anyway, doesn't make any sense. And that's because you're not important. Companies don't think their employees are important. I'm sorry, they just don't. That's just how it is. There might be people at the company that like you and want you around and want to keep you around, but ultimately the company will make the best decision for the company. And what's best for you is secondary. You have to accept that. And as long as you accept that, you'll be okay. But with that comes great responsibility. Because you can't, you can't volunteer time when it's not valuable to do it. If it's valuable to you to do it, by all means do it. But people, unfortunately, don't learn this lesson until they're way older. And I keep screaming at the rooftops trying to get people who are younger than me to understand this at an earlier age. Because I think the, the younger you understand it, the better you're going to position yourself professionally. And then you'll always have a backup plan. You'll always understand what line can be crossed or can't be crossed by, by your employer in abusing your time and abusing you as an employee. Um, you will understand what you can give your employer without overpromising, so that way they get disappointed. It just creates these boundaries that are much, much more defined. And it's not meant to be an attack on anybody. I mean, businesses are just businesses. You know, it's they have to operate a certain way. You're a commodity to them. Um, they should be a commodity to you. Always do what's best for you. And I'm sorry, but I just don't see grandparents who don't want their children and grandkids around 
because it might give them the sniffles. I don't think that those are people that you should waste your time on. I can't tell you that. They're your family. There's some people who still have this outdated notion that, well, family and blood is thicker than water. No, it isn't. Stop wasting your time on bad people who will just create chaos in your life. And I'll tell you what, sometimes, great message for Valentine's Day, by the way, sometimes when you walk away, they start to understand what they've been doing wrong. And they correct their behavior. And the relationship mends and things get fixed. But sometimes that has to happen. So, you know, I, I know that was, that was a lot. That was a lot, and it didn't seem really connected, but I, I assure you it was all connected and extremely important. And some of you are probably going to make some decisions on Valentine's Day because of it. Just don't specifically credit me with that. I don't want the hate mail. I really don't. One last bit of advice. This one goes out to you ladies. This is extremely important. Are you ready? Ladies, you are not a Valentine's Day present. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. I don't know. Maybe I should just drop the whole politics show thing and just give life advice. What do you think, Josh? Sound good? <laughs> here, here come the emails from the ladies going, well, how dare you say I'm not a Valentine's Day present? I assure you, you're not. He'll pretend to be happy, but you're not. And here, here's the other thing, okay? I always, I always have advice for both. Ladies, chill out. Don't worry. Guys, this one's for you, okay? This only applies to people who actually celebrate this holiday, okay? Guys, dinner is not a Valentine's Day present. See? See? All, all of you ladies getting mad at me, you didn't let me finish. See that? It's almost like I baited you or something. Women, you're not a Valentine's Day present. I assure you, you're not. And if he's happy about the notion that you are, it is because you are neglectful in the relationship. Guys, dinner is not a Valentine's Day present. And this only applies to those of you who actually care about this holiday. The rest of you are probably like, doesn't matter, Casey. It's just another day designed to take my money. I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. But there are people who take today very seriously for some reason. And they desperately want to take today seriously. So all I'm saying is, is if you do, that's fine. But you got to put some effort in. That's all. Just just a wee little bit. Unless you have an agreement or an arrangement with one another, you're not going to do that. Okay? That's... Just understand, guys, that that is a trap. She's lying to you. She 100% wants you to do something, and and she's going to be mad at you for like the next three years because of it. I I promise. It's not going to be one year. It's not going to be a week. It's not going to be a night. Nope. She'll be mad at you for like at least three years. Guarantee it. 100%. Ask anybody you know who's been been married for any length of time. You watch. I'm right. Take my advice or leave it. It's entirely up to you. That's just my opinion. Those aren't the facts. It's my opinion. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC, MNC News Time. Five, is it 5.31 already? Holy smokes. 5.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. 
I am shocked at how fast this is. We're just talking about uh, electric vehicles because you said what they premiered one uh, at the Boopersol, and we looked up like the models and everything else because it was Polaris. Is that what what it was? Polaris something or other? Polestar. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we we had yeah. Sorry, Polestar. So last like Polestar one was like 155 grand. Then they had a Polestar two for last year that was like. 59.9 and then they have a Polestar 2 this year which starts like 45.9. So price is coming down, right? I had this article a little while ago. We started to talk cuz I, I ran into one of the new Ford um uh, electric trucks the other day. I didn't know they were out yet, but I ran into one. And I ran into an article several weeks ago. I didn't use it, but it's called unintentionally hilarious news about electric vehicles, okay? So one of the big issues with an electric vehicle is that there's a range limitation and what happens when you start running out of juice, right? And everybody has this relatable aspect of it with their cell phone and everything else that you try to charge your cell phone and you can't get it charged up enough. And what, what would happen if that was your car? And that's, it's a great point. You could charge up your cell phone with a fast charger in a couple of minutes, but can you do that with a car? Well, if you're looking at getting an electric vehicle, uh, let's see. Huge news. If you're thinking about uh, taking your electric vehicle on a road trip through Alabama or a Gulf Coast vacation, but you suffer from EV range anxiety, there are now two, two fast charging EV stations in Fort Payne, Alabama. Okay. There's two of them there. So I don't know how many electric vehicles are going through Fort Payne, Alabama, but there's two chargers there. In Fort Payne, Alabama. All right. Now, each of these fast chargers can get you up to 80% of battery capacity before it becomes a slow charger. They never tell you this. The fast chargers never get you to 100. True story. None of the fast chargers for your electric vehicle get you to 100%. They get you to 80, and then they become a slow charger. Okay. I'm sure that there's a safety reason for that. I don't care, right? I'm just letting you know. So once you get to 80%, then it becomes a slow charge. And to fill up from 20% uh, charge to 80% charge takes about 30 minutes. Therefore, these two chargers can provide up to four EVs per hour, a whopping 60% charge. Huh. Well, a typical gas station will do 100 cars. They can do four in uh, Fort Payne, Alabama in, I don't know, however many hours it takes to do that. But, hey, the only way to improve this technology is to keep buying it, right? <laughs> uh, they're going to come out with some form of a backpack version of these things. Who knows? All right, folks. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. I think I've done pretty darn good not shaming people about Valentine's Day today. I Look, I took, what, three minutes? Like three minutes to shame people about it? There you go. It's, but Casey, it's about love. No, nah, that's what your anniversary is about. That, this is... <laughs> like I said, if you're going to do it, do it right. That's why we have Impress Jewelry Creations, and, and they have that those amazing selections there. I know a lot of people are coming into engagement territory. This is always a big time for engagements. You want to make sure you get it done right. So 
I get it. I do. I get it. It's just that I'm old and bitter. <laughs> it's just how it works. But if you younglings out there, enjoy the day. Be safe. Uh, always remember when you're going to go out and you're going to celebrate tonight, don't celebrate too much, okay? Make sure you are safe to go when you drive. Roads are slick anyway, so you always want to use that extra caution, but at the same time, you don't want to you don't want to get yourself hurt, especially on a day like today. Um, take care of your significant other in the uh, the proper and appropriate, age-appropriate ways, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Understand my meaning? Understand my mean? Thank you. Thank you. See, parents, you're welcome. See, I did my part. Look, I'm helping the parents out. I just try to do community service for everybody. That's what I'm doing, okay? It all goes in the FCC's public file. Have a wonderful night. Be safe. We'll see you tomorrow.